and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest is someone you all know and love, someone who I personally have made come out twice, a pop star and a musical theater expat, the naughty to my nice, Sean Daniel Doherty. Pew, pew, pew. Not come out twice. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. How many more times will I come out? Who knows? Who knows? Life is ever-changing, ever-evolving. The limit does not exist. It's fine. How does it feel to talk to your gay bully face-to-face? Um, I mean, you're on a computer screen, so can, it's not face-to-face. You can still <laughs> see my face. Wait, is that... If I saw you in person... What? Is that a real thing? If we're not actually physically face-to-face, it's not face-to-face? Yeah, I mean, we're we're screen-to-screen. So what does FaceTime count as? Screen-to-screen. It's all screen. Huh. If you have sexual relations over FaceTime, is it sex? Oh, well, now that's a whole other... (laughs) A minute in. I mean, I would say no, okay, personally. But that's based on the parameters that I have made for myself and my sexual experiences. Great. We're just starting. And like, yeah, jumping straight in. Straight in there. (laughs) How are you today? Um, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. It's like 2.30 because I'm on the West Coast. West Coast, West Coast. Woo! Yes, I asked Sean to come back because the people have been asking for you. And literally anytime one of us leaves the city, we find some project we need to do. So. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Here we are. Back at it. Back, back, back again. You've already heard why I'm like this, but why not find out more? Why not? We're always growing. <laughs> we're always changing. We're always evolving. Yes. So I guess we should start. How has life changed for you since I outed you the last time? Right. Of course. Um, and, you know, well, I mean, we also did an entire nine episode <laughs> series about Taylor Swift. <laughs> so you could say it's really different. Um, uh, are just like just like the life update, I guess. Is sure, that what we're give asking? Give us a life update. What are you up to? Well, what are you um, as of like. Two weeks ago, I got a Twitter DM from an old friend that I used to work out with at Mark Fisher Fitness Party, the land of lifting weights and dildos. He was like, hey, I'm Associate Artistic Director at Diversionary Theater in San Diego, and there's a new musical. It's a really fast turnaround. Can you send in a video? And I sent in a video, and now I'm in San Diego for two months, which is crazy. Is it a video? Um, and it's the, it's the first... Musical I will have done without a music stand since before COVID, which is wild. Oh, isn't that nice? It's crazy. I'm like, do I know how to use my body anymore? We'll see. Probably not. But I have faith in you. Not in an acting capacity. No, no. Everything else, it's going fine. Yeah, you have limbs. <laughs> you have, you have yeah. movable limbs. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. San Diego's nice. It's cool. It's one of my favorite places. I. It's really funny because um, I... got here and almost immediately it was like every single person that i know seems to have some sort of san diego connection or has lived here at some point and so like all of a sudden people were i have this is not a joke like four separate people have sent me like their personal guides um shout out to michael benjamin who wrote a really amazing one (laughs) (laughs) apparently i live very close to his parents which is amazing are you gonna go see his parents maybe Why why not hello benjamins um but uh yeah, no, it's like been it's so gorgeous. It's so gay. Very gay. So it's so queer. Um, we we live in uh we're living in Hillcrest, which is like not far from the theater is. 
and it's like the neighborhood and i forgot that like in new york you can just like new york like it's kind of just a mix of everybody constantly there's not like specific areas i think that are like queer like maybe the village a little bit but like it's not the village is also like super expensive now so it's like eh, it can also be full of like ritzy people um not that gay people can't be ritzy but you know <laughs> well, well. <laughs> um but then uh yeah like being in like a designated area is it's like so refreshing to just be like to walk around and own, pretty much only see queer people i love that I love yeah, that. it's amazing. It's utopia. We talked about this briefly through text as I so like passionately wrote, no more queer things for straight audiences. Hurrah. Tell me it's been a few days, but you're working pretty much with an entirely queer creative team and cast. Yeah. And what does that feel? Does it just feel like dropped in and home and like no pretense? It's it's kind of like this thing that it it feels like how every show should feel. And that you're in a room full of people that are already on the same page, but that so rarely happens. <laughs> um, and also, like, Diversionary is um, one of the, it's like the third oldest queer theater in the country. Um, and it was made during, it was like during the 80s, from what I've gathered. I might, hopefully, I don't get any of this wrong. I've just got here and I'm learning everything. Um, it's a fact based but, podcast, first and foremost. Always. <laughs> As we were like frenchly Googling like, Taylor Swift facts, being like, is this right? Do we make it up? Taylor Swift. Uh, uh <laughs> but apparently it was like used as like a some sort of medical facility mm-hmm. and then it was basically the space was donated to uh, a group of queer people to create a theater in the 80s um and like we have somebody in the cast that they worked on a show in 1991 good year year is born no oh, not me you know i'm i'm young <laughs> <Girl>. um <laughs> Uh, but like the show, it's called uh, 86. That's by Jeremy King and Sam Salmon. I realized I didn't even say what it was. Um, and it's based off the book by David Feinberg. It's um, it's about a group of gay men in the 1980s. It takes place in 1986 in the height of the AIDS crisis before there was a um, any sort of treatment. Um, it's like right before AZT. And uh, But it's more about... It's also like a memory play. So it's like them flashing back to the early 1980s. And it follows this one um, gay man, BJ... And his experience when he learns that he may have slept with somebody that's currently diagnosed with HIV. But the show ends up being way less, like, there's so many, like, not to just, like, throw them all in a box, but, like, AIDS plays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so many that are just kind of about, like, look how much, look at the suffering. This is all so bad. And the show, obviously, it's heavy. Like, it's got, like, a lot of very, like, intense scenes. But what I was so taken aback by is that it's... um it's really funny and it's more about like how these people all kind of banded together and like found ways to stay alive during all of this. Um, and it's about like remembering that like people went through this and it wasn't just something that happened as like an event. Like it wasn't like AIDS happened. It's like these were individual human beings with individual stories and a lot of them got cut short. And it's also all the music is like dance pop. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like more about like the life that happened during all of this terrible time versus just like the death, which is and and doing all of that like, um, like I was saying, one of the cast members was like, I we we did a read through of the show and we're all like crying at the end, and uh, one of the cast members was like, I was nineteen in nineteen ninety one and I did my first show here at Diversionary Theater and I was here to replace somebody that had just gotten sick. And they were like, 
being here now doing a show, like remembering this era and this people, it's like, it's opening a lot of wounds and a lot of like feelings that I'm not sure I'm like ready to tackle yet, but also like, this is, this show is about doing that and like remembering and honoring these people. And so like, it's like a very, it's, but also like, there's, there's kind of like this wild experience where you just walk into a room and like, there's references in the script of being like, Oh, like, let's go back to the monster or like, let's, uh, or like somebody like does poppers and I was just like, just imagine we were, I was talking about this with some of the co-stars being like, we would have to explain so many things to a room of straight people <laughs> that you just kind of save like a week of time because everyone just already understands how these things are being said, how this, these characters interact, how they like, like you'd have to, ex- I feel like you'd have to explain so many things like non-monogamy and like, endless yeah. concepts that happen in the show and instead like we did the read through and i was like everything just felt like oh yeah because i'm in a room of actual queer people and like we all know how this goes and we all understand these emotions yeah it's hard to like define why why people are like let stop casting straight people as gay people yeah because th- you you're right anybody could perform sexuality but there's more to being queer. There's a culture. There is history. There is shared trauma. There is vocabulary. Vocab. <laughs> there is there's just culture there that is forgotten a lot of the time. If you just plug in, it's love is love. Like it that's not it. Like And it's it's and I, I you know, I don't I don't think a straight person like can't play a queer person. I just think like we've been given so few opportunities to have a room of all queer people all playing a bunch of queer people in a show. And it's like the fact that this is like one of the first times I've been in an almost exclusively queer experience doing a queer show is like, it it makes you realize like how much we might've been missing out. We've, we have been missing out on (laughs) a lot of times in order to appeal. Yeah artists have to teach explain and teach well and it's um my co-star jordan uh who plays my boyfriend in the show um said this really amazing thing the other night we were like we talked for like two hours after the read-through because we were both just like this is such an amazing experience and he said something like um nobody ever complains like when they go to see shakespeare Mm -hmm. that they missed something but they know that if something's funny they laugh or something's like intense they know what's going on like they might not know the exact vocabulary but they can like know what's going on and this is kind of how this show kind of feels for us is like in the middle of a bathhouse sequence if someone's doing poppers and the audience doesn't know what poppers is they can go google that after the show or they can ask someone or like but for everybody else in the audience is going to be like yeah i know what that's like yeah (laughs) and like but and it just it feels so much more authentic like not dumbing it all down to like stereotypes it's like no these are complicated people living complicated lives with very complicated relationships and I'm, it doesn't even though it's probably not going to fit a, ne- a necessary box in like these are white rich gays that are funny and like they're going to get married on the season finale yes i'm talking about modern family <laughs> like <laughs> to, like there's there's so and i mean endless like any major sitcom maybe recently like they might start making it a little more interesting but like like oh shout out to abbott elementary like you know they're at hey. least like having just a gay care a gay couple that's just there <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's so refreshing to not have something like dumbed down. Yeah. I think we're just in an, in, in a fascinating upswing from early 2000s where the kind of goal to get gay rights forward was to be like, we're just like you. Oh yeah. And we're now, I mean now, not just now, but like, no, we're not. We're right. so different and we, I want to stay different. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, very cool. And it's a very exciting opportunity. And I'm so, so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited. It's like, it's super heavy. And like, I'm going to be like mostly crying most days of the week, but it's also like really cool to just be a part of something like this. So I'm like, and it happened so suddenly. Like I, two weeks ago, I had no idea I'd be in San Diego doing an all queer musical at a queer theater. Beautiful weather. I love it. Having a great time. Love it. <laughs> um, uh, the producer in my ear says um, that my next question for you is, um, what is your favorite thing about me? Oh, the producer in your ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your favorite thing about you? Uh-huh. Um, you absolutely refuse to sit like still. <laughs> I mean, this is like as like you are like so driven and that you're like, all right, this thing didn't work out, so I'm gonna just make something else. Like I'm just gonna like go and do something else. And like you're constantly making things, and that's how you have a very successful podcast. Well, thank you. And like, and also as like a famously lazy person, me, um, you always make me do shit, and so I'm always just like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then I end up having like a blast. I'm like, yeah, I guess I could make things. That's like cool. Um, and like, even though like obviously as artists, it's like comes out of necessity. A lot of us just don't do that. And like you do. And I think that's a very admirable, tra- admirable trait. Thank you. Of course. It's a great answer. Producer says great answer. Yeah, this is I love that. This is just like this is like Che Diaz's compliment hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of um, Che Diaz, uh, I just have to give. Uh, warning um in case anybody from hr is watching i am recording this shirtless currently oh uh, it's true i actually feel super attacked as yeah. someone who lived with you and worked out next to you shirtless for four years yeah so i just want to put that out there for hr purposes yeah uh, hr hr hello hr hello mm, i think they they didn't pay the bill <laughs> it's hard out here their line got cut <laughs> what music are you listening to these days Oh, well, you know, I've just been listening to that Maggie Rogers song on repeat over and over. I want the haircut so bad. I mean, we could chemically straighten your hair, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Have I told you that that was, like, threatened at me in high school theater? That sounds right. I mean, that was the thing is no hairstyling or, like, costuming or anything in theater below, like, a certain, not even, like, not even just professionally, like, a certain level of professional, it's a threat. Mm-hmm. They're like, so we're gonna dye your hair black, and you're like, what? what no, what you're it? not. And they're like, yes, we are. And I'm like, you're not paying me enough for this. And they said exactly. And they come <laughs> at like, you what? with the with the like Dwayne Reed box. They're already spraying it. Well, it's don't forget, freshman year of college, they cut my hair with paper scissors. <laughs> I looked like, uh, oh my god, what a like. <laughs> I walked out, and the things people said about me. And it wasn't my fault. I wore a hat for like three weeks. They come at her with paper scissors for a world premiere of an opening of a musical for the playing the lead. And they said, you know what? He should look like a supremacist. (laughs) (laughs) I was furious. Yeah, I was. uh, 
in Greece, not the country, the musical. Right, not not Mamma Mia. And the like stage manager's mom was doing all of our hair and was teaching us all how to do a DA and uh boys like me weren't doing the DA at the time. And she just What's like, a DA? Touched- so it's it's the like grease it the curl? haircut. It's the it's the super slicked and then it comes back and your hair Mm-mm. in the back meets like a duck's ass. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, I get it. It's the yes. Mm-hmm. So, not for me. Too big of a forehead for that. Not for me. There are just too many curls. Yeah. And she she just comes up and starts like touching my hair and is like, hmm. Yeah, it's gonna have to be chemically straightened. It, who is gonna do that? Who Jan? <laughs> for a weekend. Janice. And you know what? I can act I can act all shocked now. At the time I was like, it is for my craft. It has to. You're like no one is going to believe me in Greece, the most important musical ever written in the history ever. of American theater. They're not going to believe that I am a greaser Mm-mm. if I have curly hair. They won't. So I guess we got to do it. The Janice, guy that played. Straighten me out. <laughs> straighten it. Please, please straighten me out. Uh, <laughs> the guy that played Kanicki told me he was method. Um. <laughs> Yeah. What does that mean for that role? He you know, danced on cars? Maybe he got a girl pregnant. I don't know. Party? I mean, I don't know. Did they... <laughs> I don't know. Breaking news from 2007. I was uh, not having sex in high school, so... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't either. Huh. Yeah. What counts yeah. as sex to you? Um, I mean, I get into... Me and my boyfriend argue about this a lot, because we have different definitions of, like, when I would say sex. Like, I think all sex... Sexual, all sexual activity is sex. But I would say when I'm like talking about my life, I'm like, if I if I did anything from if I was like hand job, blow job, something like that, that's hooking up to me. Like, oh, okay. we hooked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we actually had sex, and I'd say, I mean, see, but that's where it gets tricky because I said actually had sex, but for some people that is like we had sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like if we had penetrative sex, mm-hmm. yes, I'm getting we're we're getting literally deep on here. Um, <laughs> Catch up on What's the the Diaz? It's like trigger warning. It's so stupid. <laughs> Woke alert. Woke um, alert. We're talking about deep penetration. Um, all all if sex I, is valid. All sex is valid. Um, but if I do, if I do that business, um, then I usually would say that's when I usually would refer to it as sex. Huh. Personally, um, at least in like a conversation, I'd be like, "Oh, we had sex." That means penetrative. But if I said like. Otherwise, I would just say we hooked up or made out if we just made out. Well, yeah. Making out, I think, is pretty definitive. Yeah. As making out. Yeah. Even some, like, touching of, like, above the clothes business. It's like, yeah, sure, let's make it out. Yeah. I, see, like, I don't need to have penetrative sex. I like it. It's fun. In order to, like, say we had sex. Yeah. I think that's maybe the thing for me is that I consider like hooking up and sex in the same like bubble. Okay. Like I say different things just so people know like what happened if like that's what somebody's asking. But like it's the same bubble for me as like a hookup is a hookup whether we had like sex or you know it's like squares and rectangles. Uh huh. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Not all rectangular hookups are sex, but all wait. I think I'm doing it backward. Not all rectangular squares are sex. But all 
rectangles or hookups. I had to, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Google it, and if you just play it backwards, you'll hear it's perfect. Yeah, I think I, you know, I'm just gonna choose to believe that everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have been thinking recently about how like sexting and the pandemic have like broadened what would be considered sex in that way because like I've been a sexting fiend for forever I mean I think it's one of the greatest multitasking things oh yeah there's nothing better than like picking up some muesli from like like the local grocery store and somebody's just like yeah I'm just gonna fuck your something and you're like texting with one hand and being like oh do I want the one with raisins (laughs) I'm like oh my god I'm oh yeah daddy and I'm like literally just was like, oh, should I get the oat milk or like yeah. the <laughs> almond milk? Yeah, taught me. Taught me, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like because there was such a, a long expanse of like, that was really the only way I was getting sexual gratification at all for a while. Yeah. Um, Like sometimes that just, that feels as intimate, if not more than like an in-person hookup to me. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's great about sexing is that it can be that and there's just none of the like pressure of any of the actual act mm-hmm. especially if it's somebody you've like don't you're not like with a lot or something um so it's just kind of like both of you get something out of it you both are in complete control of what it is and nobody had to really worry about anything <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't really affect anything after that <laughs> it's an isolated good thing you're both like creating fantasy in the way that like Oh yeah, it's fantasy. straight up fan fiction. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> writing fan fiction. Because there are things, I'm sorry to any of you that I have sent things to. There are things I have said that I'm into and that I love that I just in person would be like, no, thank you. Oh, yeah. Because it it's just, just sounds hot so... at the time. And it, it's also like it's it's like an improv game of like who can what up the other person. So it's just like like, yeah, do this, yeah. And then like then you get like my boyfriend tweeting, I want to fuck your skull till it breaks and getting banned from twitter for like three weeks he did indeed do that we weren't even sexting that was just a reply that was just a that was just something he wrote out loud yeah yeah that's i've offered so many so many things that are just not actually on the table you're like oh i was somebody else when i sent that. I, I'm, so I'm a different person the moment i'm feral i'm like goodbye that's also sorry. i mean like also part of that like does transfer over to like actual sex where like all of a sudden when like the cloud goes away and you're like what did i say did I say, was that my voice? <laughs> Where were we? You did what? Great. Fun. Like, wow, I've never done that before, but I think we liked it in the moment. It's kind of weird now, but like, yeah, I guess in the moment it was great. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like I'm in this like second adolescence these days, just out dancing and kissing and fooling around and kissing and hugging and, <laughs> and touching. And it's like, it's that delayed puberty thing that everyone talks about with being queer where you're like. I feel comfortable as me and my body and what I want and what I like and like how I want to pursue things in a way that I just didn't at 21 when I was like, eh. uh. <laughs> well, and also I think there's a, a major component of all of this where I think even people who were like acting on that sort of thing before the pandemic, like everyone's kind of on a different level after not that the pandemic's over, you know, I'm still, mm, getting, yeah. I still get COVID tested three times a week. Um, but Talk like about that. No, see, yes deep in there mm. 
Sometimes self-induced, sometimes somebody else does it for me. Ooh. And that's when it gets really fun. That gets crazy. Um, <laughs> but like, and we kind of talked about it. We've been talking about it with the show a lot too, because like there was this kind of like era of like post birth control mm-hmm. and pre HIV where like people were just like, Oh, we, I guess we can just like fuck. Uh, and there's no real repercussions and like so much sexual exploration and like so much sexual history came out of that time. And then the epidemic happened. And so like now we have this like time where everyone was like living their lives in whatever like way they could and then all of a sudden, two years went by where, like, nobody could do anything. And, like, I mean, and a lot of people, I understand some people's, like, frustrations with this, but I think it's, like, kind of a twofold thing. But, like, a lot of people that, you know, never went to, like, a huge big party or, like, went out and, like, did something crazy on a dance floor are, like, doing those things now. And, like, so that means, like, the parties are changing because the clientele are changing and it's a lot of people not knowing what they're doing and a lot of people going with the wrong intentions or like causing a ruckus or something. And like it's demon twink discourse a year later. Oh, you know, listen, (laughs) I gotta say, I know, I know he like that. That was a messy, messed up thing to do, but like (laughs) the audacity to be like, I hate everything. I'm throwing a drink at the DJ and I'm going to get my ass eaten in the VIP and get away with it. Like fully got away with it. This is why you won't catch me on a boat. Watch two weeks from now i'm on at a boat party i do enough stuff on boats i'm good i just like to know my exits well yeah that's the thing is like i just don't want to be trapped i often often feel like i'm having a bad time at a party like let's unpack that every party (laughs) every party there's a moment you called me on it last week where you looked over at me you're like you're like i can tell that you were uh you didn't say this but you're being pissy and it's unnecessary so like, no i spun around and i said change your mindset <laughs> because you we walked into flaming saddles which was totally a normal crowded flaming saddles night and you were like there are so many fucking straight people in here and i was like it's flaming saddles of course there are change your mindset you're with gays <laughs> but yeah you won't catch me on a boat i like my exits but you were saying good for them getting their ass in public Oh, I mean, like, work. But <laughs> it's also, like, a lot, and there's been, like, a lot of frustration of, like, people, because there's all these people kind of getting this whole release for the first time. Like, I had never been to a horse meet disco before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now I've been to two. And I think they're really fun. And I had a great time. And I liked the idea that it's kind of, like, there's something for everybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's a lot of people that had created an idea of what it was in their head before that uh, after years of hearing about it and they're like that's where everybody goes and you know fucks on the dance floor (laughs) and i think that's not necessarily what that party was about and like now there's like people that have been going to these parties for years being like okay chill like there's there's parties that there's that there's parties for this there's parties for that but like and i was talking to somebody recently and they were just like now every party's kind of becoming the same because everybody's just going to the same parties um as opposed to going to the one that like most fit what your vibe was. And like, not to say people can't go to all the parties, but I can understand the frustration with that. On the other hand, I think it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that like people, so many people that were like terrified to do this sort of thing or judgmental of it in the first place are now like, no, I, I understand now the kind of like euphoric experience of just being in a giant crazy laser space with a bunch of queer people. And like, letting loose for you know nine hours or whatever 
See, I should have known when I really loved that song Sandstorm when I was playing laser tag as a kid mm-hmm. that this is where I would end up. Here you are. Here I, I mean, honestly, give me a horse meat disco with laser tag. I'd be done for. I'd love it. Bring back laser tag. That was literally just his mouth. I want you to know I don't have a sound button. That was People just ask me what that mouth do, and I say... Okay. Uh- <laughs> Once again, I got dropped in San Diego, surrounded by a bunch of queer people. It's a whole new me. <laughs> a whole new you. No, I think you're right. I think there's. I have nothing really to add to party discourse. I think there will be a leveling out. I think there's a very interesting. Oh, yeah. Pride's uh, gonna be a fucking mess, girl. She's around the corner. Pride gets me every year because I feel like I wake up one day in February and. Everything's sold out. They're like, oh yeah, we sold all the tickets. And I was like, it is February. And like, I mean, that also comes from the fact that like me and you before the pandemic didn't really go to a lot of big parties. We just like go to a bar. Um, and so we're not like on the email lists and on the like the don't we don't have the notifications turned on for the Instagram. Like <laughs> But we're famous. And, and now we learned. And so it's like, okay. Now we learned. If we really want to go to these things, then like we will. But mm-hmm. also now that Instagram stories are just StubHub and a stock market for queer tickets, <laughs> you'll find something. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I still don't know if I'll be back for New York Pride, so we'll see. Hopefully not, honestly. Yeah, hopefully not, because that means we got extended all the way. So Yeah. Who do you think is scarier, Swifties or Charlie XCX fans? Swifties? Absolutely, 100%. Because they Swifties scare the will, shit out of me. Well, Swifties will find you and kill you. And like, you know what? That's just resourceful and like good for them. <laughs> um, Charlie XCX fans are just loud. <laughs> and I'm saying this, let me be clear before I get like, you know, some anime avatar screaming at me on the internet. I love her. She's great, but she hates those people too. And so, like, she wrote a whole song about them. She said, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. And like, just, I don't, un- I mean, I'll never understand stand culture. I can like I love Taylor Swift but if somebody's like I hate Taylor Swift I'm like that's just your loss and I don't care because she's financially fine not worried about this one person not listening to her music and also I don't know her yeah (laughs) yeah and we're good (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't change my life if Taylor Swift doesn't win a Grammy it doesn't change anything about my experience I had with her music or literally anything going on in my day to day. Yeah. I that's what I loved so much about John Baptiste's um acceptance speech where he yeah. was just like not a single one of these albums is better than the other album. Like no. the glory of music is that it's recorded and you it gets to you and in time of your life when it is important to you. Yeah. And you'll always remember those moments because of that music. And it has nothing to do with like better or worse. Yeah. And I also just don't understand the idea of like, I'm going to go to war for somebody who's never going to like know who I am, which I guess comes down to like most wars. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You heard it here first. Sean and I not going to war. Can't. Don't catch me. Can't. I don't know. Don't catch me in war. I think guns are loud. <laughs> I'm so bad at them. I'm so bad at them. Like, we both have dads that are a little bit country. A little bit. I'm a little bit and garbage. <laughs> I, you know, one time in my youth was like, sure, dad, I'll go shooting with you to, yeah. like, 
be a pal and i've never been worse at something and i hate things that i'm bad at i shot a I shot a gun once and it was so loud that i said i'm no i need my ears for my career I didn't mm. say that. I just thought I was like, that was loud. I didn't like that. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go inside. <laughs> Speaking of your career, do you have new music around the horizon? I do. In fact, um, release date TBD because this little gig is throwing a little bit of a wrench into things, but it might end up being exciting because of that. Um, but I'm aiming for like, I was going to do end of May, but it's probably gonna be more like June ish. Um, great time. Hopefully. Or, like, I mean, I might save it for July just so I can release it when I'm back in New York. But, um, but yeah, no. It's a new song. It's called Fire Escape. I like it a lot. I'm very happy with it. Um, and hopefully we're working on a video, so it'll be, like, that whole thing again. Audio and visual. I just, you know, like, I'm really interested to see your visuals. I watched the Maggie Rogers. I have them. Uh, I have them. <laughs> the Maggie Rogers Pharrell video the other day. Because our friend hadn't seen it. So, Sean. So what? You are unapologetically making queer art. You are in California. You are focused. You do CrossFit. And I have I to ask you, why are you like that? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, I don't know, Ryan. <laughs> um, you know, I will say, why am I like this right at this moment? Um, mm -hmm. I think because we spent two years uh not being able to perform and do anything and we as a theater industry were like let's change things everything's bad we're gonna make the difference and it's gonna be better and then for two years anyone with the actual power to make those things happen did absolutely fucking nothing <laughs> um and so i've been super annoyed at the whole idea of the industry and everything sucks and i'm mad at everybody especially anything to do with like majorly commercial theater. And so then I was like, I'm going to make my own music. So I have creative control over something in my life. Um, and that's been more fulfilling than anything. But then also on the other hand, like when an opportunity like this show 86 arises and it's so just like the opposite of all those things that I was just talking about, like that were problems. I'm like, okay, so there are still people out here trying to make a difference and do the right thing and make shows the right way and tell the right stories with the right people um and that was a pleasant surprise and so i'm happy to be here even if i think broadway needs a full-ass reckoning <laughs> and a new location honestly yeah like it's so nice out here and i don't understand why we suffer through new york all the time because like if just just move it I'm i literally <laughs> tweeted the other day i was like i don't like new york in the winter spring or summer okay i love new york in the summer mm -mm. swamp mm -hmm. ass for days mm -mm. Yeah, but you're not all, everyone does. So it's just like this universal, like, everyone's hot and sweaty. So you, like, you don't have to, like, look a certain way. Everyone's just, like, stunning. It's gross. I'm having a great time. Let's drink rosé. <laughs> stunning, gross, summer water. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things about you 
<gasps> oh my god. I know. Compliment Che. <laughs> che Diaz. Uh is Dick Che Diaz. <laughs> Just power down. Let Sean finish off the whole episode. Um <laughs> You because you, you said theater we wanted to fix everything. Everyone got very vocal on their socials and not Especially actual and not in any actual factual way and the way that you you were like you got really angry and the way that i see you process anger is so admirable to me because it is vastly different than me (laughs) in that it becomes like a like a steady quiet determination whereas i would say that i get like really heated really fast and it it just explodes like it's like an explosive like well fuck all this blah and then like hopefully in the come down something happens but like yours seems just more manageable (laughs) Um, (laughs) i really admire that in you and i don't want to get like astrology about it because neither of us actually know what the fuck that means no it is the most taurus thing about me yeah and it's the most leo thing about me so well that and i'm stunning (laughs) <laughs> well that and i love attention <laughs> no i mean yeah it's like one of those things where like i try to always only have as much anger enough space for anger over things that i can actively do something about and if it's something that i can't do something about i'm like well that's really fucking annoying but it's not going to make anything better to like sit in that so like yeah i think the way most things broadway being run is like just Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, everything's ridiculous. Um, and like the things, ooh, I'm telling a little story. Love it, love it. story. And I hope, honestly, I hope that this theater hears this. I hope they hear it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I was asked to audition for a production of a show. Just I was asked, let's be clear. I, I did not seek this out. <laughs> they mm-hmm. asked me to audition mm-hmm. for a role in a show mm-hmm. that is outside of the city. And... I was like, work, great. The pay, barely livable. Like, not even close to, like, being able to pay, like, rent. And uh, But I was like, they asked, and it's, like, not too far away. It'll be fine. Then I ask for uh, accompaniment tracks so I can send my audition. And they were like, no, we don't have those for, for that track. And I said, okay, well, what do you expect me to do? And they're like, well, everyone else just hired an accompanist. I said, mm. No, no, no. Mm-mm. We're not doing that. Because the audacity for you to just expect me to pay an accompanist or possibly not, which is even worse. Um, to, the audacity for me to be like, I'm. let me just like pull out, you know, $90 for a studio and then pay another $100 for an accompanist and do all of this for a show that's going to pay $362 a week. Are you fucking kidding me? And then because I'm an asshole... I just said, oh, I'm not doing that. And I sent a video of me singing at Lincoln Center and said, go fuck yourself. Um, (laughs) And I still got a callback. (laughs) And then they go, the callback is upstate New York. No. So just come on up. And it's a different country. Oh, and we're not going to tell you what sides to do. Just make sure you look at all of them. And there's four songs and two full scenes. And I was like, this is not equivalent. The work that I would have to put in is not equivalent to... Any even any even close to like a payoff here. And I was getting like really frustrated. And then I said, wait, I actually do have power in this situation. I can say fuck off. 
That is true. And so I was like sitting in your your room and I was like mm-hmm. gonna print sides, then your printer ran out of ink and I was just like <laughs> It's my fault. Wait. No, but I was just like, uh, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this show. I don't want to work with these people who are horrible to me in emails and are completely condescending. And I also don't want to work for a theater that clearly doesn't value their actors or performers or musicians like at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, I'm just going to not do this. And then be- I didn't do that. I didn't. I, I said, no, I'm not coming. Um, canceled the callback. Didn't book that show. And instead, now I'm here. Like and like i wouldn't have been able to say yes to this if i had like booked that show and spent all that time to make zero dollars yeah i think there i mean i'm sure this is in every industry um i can only speak of the one that we work in but the like educational gap about the technology that we're using is getting to the point that it is absolutely obstructing any sort of forward movement because you are being asked by people who just clearly don't understand oh yeah to film record do all of these things that they just expect you to know at a and they want to look amazing at a quality level that we are we've created right and some people just are gonna have an upper hand and like it ends up being this classist racist horrible thing where it's like oh you don't have like an amazing kajillion megapixel camera with a full lighting rig and a, a whole extra room in your apartment to film it. And like, or, or you couldn't hire someone to do that for you, which would have cost you like, you know, hundreds of dollars that you might need just to eat that day. And then like somebody who might turn out an amazing audition on their like shitty old iPhone, they're not going to get the same reaction as somebody who uh, like look, looks amazing. And sounds amazing. And it comes down to simple things like, can you send me the track for this song? Or for set, example... At least set them up for success. I'm going to a callback later this month where they said, sing from the show, but didn't send the score. Like, what? Like, it's simple what connectors. Are they tra- <laughs> yeah, like the most basic ass, like, do you want the people coming to be successful? And do you want to cast your show? And like, oh, it's so frustrating. And like, I sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if they do. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just think they're like, there's this weird theater world understanding that it's just like, well, somebody, oh, major Broadway show. I was in for it. I've been in for it a lot. I hope they hear this because they need to learn. Um, I get called in. You will remember this. Oh, I get called in and they... Oh, Send two dance videos filmed from an audience perspective with no breakdown, with no instruction. They just say, here's two fully choreographed Broadway dance numbers performed by the choreographer of the show. You have three days to film this with no instruction and reverse it. And I called my agent and I said, this is unacceptable. And he said, which is unfortunately, the, it's the truth. He goes, someone out there is just going to do it and they're going to get the job. And I was like, and I'm still furious about it because I'm just like, but we need to stop letting that happen. We need to like stop it before it gets there, before somebody breaks down a whole fucking Broadway dance routine. And when that's just not, what if I had had work every single day that week? 
I'm sure there's plenty of people who did that are like, or like people that aren't choreographers or like insane dancers that can just like learn something from a video with zero instruction, know how to reverse a whole thing. And like, also it was like a full piece that's like in circles. So like learning how, like which way was it going? Which way is it turning? I was just like, do you want these people to be good? <laughs> yeah. There's like always the common adage of like the people behind the table want you to be the one they want you to succeed. And then, so set me up. And then this happened and you're like, nobody is setting people up for success. No, they're they're. It's like, they're giving you like crazy fiery hoops to jump through. And I'm like, but if I was in a rehearsal, you would teach me the choreography. Yeah. And if I book the job, you're going to teach me the choreography. So why am I learning it wrongly myself? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I don't know what, like, all these disconnected weird movements mean. Like, there's probably huge meaning behind them within the show that, like, the choreographer won a Tony for. So it's just, like, I don't, like, understand why you would just be like, here's, you know three minutes of dance good for you good luck and i was just like i i drives me absolutely fucking insane yeah it's not great it's not great well sean we've reached that time oh where i ask i didn't even prepare i didn't prepare do you have any questions for me oh my god um and you're a full coast away so technically if i get mad at you for this question i have to figure it out on my own it's true <laughs> um <laughs> What is the, what is one thing in the summer months that you are most excited for? Mm, I am really excited to dye my hair. Oh, we're doing another hair dye moment, I see. Yeah, I think I need it. I think um, I've just been, I personally feel like I've been spinning my wheels a lot and I need a change and changing my hair does a lot and yeah. i mean we so, loved blue heaven midnight crush era i love her and we'll see i mean i i do have a lot of things in the air a lot of projects happening and like normally that sounds douchey and but it's like actually true you're like i actually um, do have projects <laughs> that may or may not allow it to happen but again having everything in the air means nothing is signed so it could all fall apart and at yep. the very end at least i'll have fun yeah and that's probably this yeah that's the safe way to do yeah. it but Y'all. Y'all. Live, laugh, love. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I mean, it is nice to like, I don't, I feel like people are just so indoorsy in New York during cold times and coming quote unquote out of the pandemic. I realized like, I don't, I don't have like a lot of like sit on the couch friends. Yeah. um, Anymore in the city. And so I felt socially like I wasn't like doing that great January through now. Yeah. And just as it does get warmer, there are just more, there's more forward motion to like be out and see yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, just like actually want to go outside. Go outside and talk to people and like maybe I'll make a friend. I don't know. I've been saying no new friends since like 2014, but things could change. Change your mindset. Change your <laughs> mindset. I can do anything I want. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I guess I just got to change my mindset. This is better than Brene Brown. Oh, my God. She has a new special. Goes to San Diego for four days. Has a lot of advice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness, Shawnee. Well, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Of course. I don't have rehearsal till nights here, so I'm just like, (laughs) woohoo. Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell the children where to find you? This is a very internationally renowned 
Yeah. Like I said, it actually does I mean, great in Ireland, which... Does it? Is, yeah, actually. Oh, work. Hey, fam. Probably. It's like America, Could and be. then the next country that listens is Ireland. And then Australia. Oh. And I have two Australians on the podcast, so like, come on, Australia. Yeah, like, work. Um, uh, yeah, uh, my Twitter is at Sean Doherty. My Instagram is at Sean D. Doherty. Um, and you can find my music on all streaming platforms and look forward to Fire Escape, which is coming soonish. <laughs> it's gonna make you all so fucking wet. I've already heard it. It's very good. <laughs> it is a, it's a little, it's a little dirty. It's a little dirty. It's unapologetically queer, and that is how we are living the rest of our lives. Ah, resistance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before I say more insane things, let's sign off. Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye.